something i'll keep everybody i'll keep the seat warm okay i'll be right back all right hello and welcome to to the republic <laughs> this is jake i'm just kidding guys i'm not going to subject you to that again this is say what you mean i am your host jake and i'm currently waiting on jeff to go get himself something to drink homeboy is parched so uh just really excited to hear about his new gig start a new job super tired I'm going to be a dad. Dude, how that crazy was genius. Is, how crazy has this year been? Wait till next year. Or this year. It's already this it's year. It's already 2022. Oh, what are my, we going to do? Anyway. Awesome. We tried to seagulls, play. Seagulls, dude. We, yeah, you were in. Speaking of seagulls, you were at the beach. I want to hear about your beach trip because you guys have. Since you. Since Cheyenne became officially part of the family, you guys have kind of poo pooed the coast. Uh huh. And then I see you go to the coast, and the pictures... You didn't know? We were going? kind of fun. No, I knew you were going. Oh, okay. But I see the pictures, mm. and you guys are looking like you're having fun, and yeah. I remembered you telling me, mm-hmm. ah, the coast isn't that great. I don't need to take her to the coast. Right. It's not that great. Right. But it looked like you guys having a lot of fun. No, she was. She was. I don't have fun at the coast. You don't have fun at the I'm coast? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was cold, but dude, it was beautiful. It looked really nice. Um, and I looked up this place that, like, I don't know, I was trying to find spots that maybe could be a little more interesting and not typical. And there was a lighthouse near Tillamooks or something, but the, all the roads there were closed. Um, but I found this, like, little cave that, okay. that goes through the side of the mountain. Hmm. And you, like, walk the beach. I saw those pictures. Yeah. yeah. And you go through the side of the mountain. And then on the other side, there's, a, like, another beach. Hmm. And there's, like, a ton of rocks, like, Is different that, kinds were you of. Is at Agate Beach? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's right just west of Tillamook. Oh, okay. Just I don't remember. North dude. of Tillamook? No, west. West of Tillamook. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll so inland? Out. No. No, that's I, east, bro. Wow, I know. I I know my directions. <laughs> uh, I don't want to give my secret wheat. spots away, dude. I was a Boy Scout. You were. For, it's called uh, it's Oceanside Beach State Park. Oceanside Beach State Park. Yeah, okay. just west. Um, it was beautiful. It was sunny. It was cold, but it was awesome. Mm. Um, we stayed at the yurts that we stayed at for your wedding. Um, I'm surprised you guys went yurt instead of hotel. Dude, it's like $65 for a yurt, dude. And there's heat. and Oh, they are heated? Yeah. I was going to say, that was ballsy to go there. The beds are not great, but I just brought my like my camping topper. Mm. Um, and yeah, dude. like So we got two like 16-foot yurts, and there's like a 20-foot or 25-foot yurt. Next year, I'm going to do that because we had a yurt. Alicia and Alex had a yurt, and then we they would just come over, and we kind of arranged ours for like to host everything. Mm-hmm. And I brought like my 8-foot 
black table and we were playing games and we played jackpot games and stuff. Jackpot, jack box games. Um, and then New Year's came, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. We're all hanging around and we're playing with, we're playing games and I'm drinking some champagne wine with my sister and like we're just chilling. And New Year's come down. And I'm trying to find a countdown. I'm like scrambling to like connect to the internet to find a live countdown. And like Jen, like five minutes before midnight, was like, I'm gonna take the dog out, the and Harrison out. So I was like, cool. So then. Like both dogs are gone and it's like almost midnight. And I'm like, where the hell is she? Oh, well, she'll be here. She'll be here. She's not going to miss it. <laughs> so then we're like finding the countdown and we're watching it. And then Alex goes, Hey, it's already midnight. And I was like, what? This is behind. Oh no. Where's Jen? Uh, Happy New Year! And we're just blowing our kazoo. And I had my phone set up, so it's filming. Mm-hmm. I should show you the video because <laughs> my sister just starts dying of laughter, and I'm like, "What the hell are you laughing at?" And she was just like, "Watch the video." And in the video, I have like I'm doing like the three symbol on both hands, and my eyes are closed. I'm feeling this moment, dude, and just blowing as hard as I can into a kazoo, <laughs> just just feeling it. Nice. Twelve oh two. Jen comes barging into the urine. She's like, seriously? And we're like, what? And she's like, I've been chasing the dog for like seven minutes. She missed New Year's because she was chasing Logan. He had got out when she was trying to take just Harrison out and bolted down, like out of the the place we were at and down a main road. And we had no idea. (laughs) Well, you got to blow your kazoo. Dude, I was in it and I was feeling it. But. Yeah, that was my New Year's. It was fun. I was asleep well before midnight. What? Oh, yeah. Did you work or something? No. Dude. I mean, I used to do that. Was New Year's Saturday? New Year's was Saturday. Yeah. New Year's Eve was Friday night? Yes. Yeah, I had the day off. I you hunted, were asleep? I hunted that morning. Oh, okay. I just... New Year's isn't a thing for me. But you make it a thing, dude. But, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I used to, I used to, like, literally, Jen and I would set our alarms for midnight, we'd go to bed, and then it'd go off, and we'd go, Happy New Year, and we'd kiss, and then we'd go back to sleep. Mm. And then it was like, you know what? My brother moved to Bend. It was like, let's spend New Year's in Bend. So then we just kept doing that, mm-hmm. going out there and spending it with him. Then when he moved back, it was like, well, we should still go on a trip. So then the, the four of us, me, Jen, Alicia, and Alex, would go on a trip. Mm-hmm. And then when Cheyenne came, it was like, Oh, she wasn't here that last year. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, but then because we didn't know if she was going to be here yet, Alicia and Alex just came over here and we just had New Year's here and they stayed the night and stuff. So it's just kind of become a thing. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It was never a thing. It was just like, I want to do something like I don't care about New Year's or the turning of the clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about getting away. It's an excuse to get away yeah. and do things. And it got me to the beach and we got to have fun. Oh, you're sleeping already. No, I'm not. I'm listening. No, I mean, you were on New Year's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Like, this was like the last. These are like the last round of. Um, yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. Of uh, holidays before I don't have like something in tow. Yeah. So I guess I probably should have gone yeah, a little bit dude. more out. Um, I contemplated going to. Uh, so my friend Matt. <laughs> 
Scott's wife, Courtney, her birthday is New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. And so they rented out like the VIP room at Dos Alas, mm. and they had like just like a huge party there for her slash New Year's Eve. Yeah. And with Kylie being pregnant, we didn't, didn't really want to risk. Yeah, for sure. The COVID, yeah. the vid, everybody's yeah, yeah. getting it these days, whether you're vaccinated Ooh, or not. Yeah. So it's just uh, just trying to be trying to be responsible on that end, but also like Dos Alas is really expensive. Hell yeah, <laughs> so dude. As much as we wanted to celebrate with Matt and Courtney, but it just was, yeah, it was a lot. Air so, on the side of caution, air dude. on the side of caution. What else is up? Uh, it's been a, it's just been a, a whirlwind of the la- of the last week. I have been decision making, Jake. Like boom, boom, oh, making shit. decisions. So. Uh, me and Kylie have needed a new bed forever. Okay. We've had literally the same mattress since we've been mattress. together. Mattress. We're talking mattress. Mattress, okay. yeah. What we've size? gotten queen. Okay. How do you feel about it? Uh, it's way too small. Fuck yeah, dude. I've been trying to get a king for a while now. Yeah, Playing you need, uh, seeds, need to upgrade mm-hmm. because a queen and both dogs like to sleep on oh, the bed with bro. us. So there has, Giant ass dogs. Yeah, I mean, we've got a 100-pound Tuck and we got 75-pound Bo. Yeah. And Tucker likes to spread out. Mm-hmm. Tucker, Bo... How do you do that, Bo dude? is way more conscientious of space. Uh-huh. Tucker is just, this is my bed. Punk. Okay. I feel like that is low Harrison just he doesn't he finds a space and makes it his. Mm-hmm. And you can like push him and he'll get up and move, but he'll spread and sprawl. Yeah. But he's still aware that like you know, I'll move if you need me to move. I'm mm-hmm. just enjoying being here. Yeah. Logan's like, screw you guys and he'll leave sometimes. <laughs> like you guys are dicks. Like, quit kicking me. So we have to get a platform bed because okay. Bo likes to make we have we've had like an elevated bed mm-hmm. so in the last year. What's a platform it, bed? It's like where it's like raised up oh, okay. and there's like room underneath of it. Okay. Uh like re- a fort? Yeah. Okay. So but it's like so Bo likes to make his cave underneath there. Oh, it's where he my takes, word. It's where he takes all of his treasures. Okay. So we have to get another, we have to, our, our frame is coming, our platform frame for our California King. Oh, uh, shit. Is, is, is coming in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. The mattress itself, we were just like, okay, well, there's usually like end of year sales. Oh, okay. So we walked into Bed Martin, Jansen Beach, mm-hmm. and we're looking around, and I'm like, I I've never mattress shopped before. Yeah, dude, but I haven't. I haven't either. I don't know. Like, how do you go about mattress shopping? Right? There's a bunch of mattress stores, and I yeah. don't really know. They're all how drug they stay, fronts, dude. Like, how do they stay in business? They're drug fronts. We walked in, and there was one couple with the one salesman, and we were just like walking around. We kind of had like a budget. Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, here's here's a closeout nectar mattress, which is a um, memory foam." Okay. So I like I lay on it and it's like it's California King and the difference between a king and a California king uh-huh. is a California king is four inches longer than a than king. a queen. Oh wow. Four and, and it's four inches long four inches wider, wider than a queen. Okay. A king, a standard king, is the same length as a queen, but eight inches wider. Interesting. So it's like the same dimension. the California king is the same dimensions. Now Tucker likes to lay <laughs> Width-wise on the bed, but uh-huh. at the f- but at our feet. Okay. So we figured by going longer, it's going to give us more space. R- more yeah. space. So that's the way we decided to go. We with the or Jake, Kylie. Okay, I thought you were decision making. Well, 
she made the decision <laughs> on the type of like on the size of the okay, bed. Okay. Okay. And we're walking around, and we find this one. We're like, that makes sense because everything else, like the Sealy Posturepedics, the Sleep Numbers, these are like four thousand dollar mattresses. Yeah, but how I'm much like, time do you spend on those things? I mean. Third of your life, right? It's what yeah, the, it's what the right. salesman was saying. Not on the same damn mattress. The, the salesman comes in and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" And he's like, "He's pretty slick. Okay. He knew his stuff." Um, well, I would hope so. Yeah. So he <laughs> imagine comes over, being a mattress salesman. I don't know. And just would... being an expert in mattress Dude, sales. This guy knew everything. Yeah. He just knew all of the specs. Wow. I was really impressed. Uh, and I was like, "Okay, well, let's just go with that one." So we like first one you saw. Well, we looked at all the mattresses oh, okay. in that store, okay. but I know how these guys are paid on commission, and part of me always feels kind of bad about like leaving them hanging, oh, and geez. I didn't want to be spending a bunch of time. I don't know shit about mattresses, Okay. and what am I going to go do? Go walk around other stores looking at the same thing? Do you this know- mattress was comfortable as hell. No. It's way you better say, than what I'm, we had. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep shopping, and then you make him bring the price down. It was already closed out. I would never do that, Jake. <laughs> I would never do that. I'm I totally can't do it. No, I can't do it. So I laid on it, and it went super soft. And so I was just like, so all right, we're taking that one. So are you a soft bed guy? Like, if you were asked, gun mm-hmm. to your head, harder soft beds, would she prefer? Oh, by far it's soft. But you know that? Yeah. I could not tell you what I prefer. Have you ever slept on a hard bed? I mean, yeah, the yurt sucked. Like hard, hard? Yeah, it sucked. My dad loves a hard bed. My like sister was bed. like all about it. Yeah. I cannot. Okay, I think I'm a soft when bed I, guy. When I was uh when I was For all of you taking notes, too soft. In my in my small in my short little bachelor life. Yeah. For that couple month period. Uh-huh. When I was an idiot. Um <laughs> the When you were I, <laughs> Oh, I still am. <laughs> but uh <laughs> The um yeah I guess when did that ever change right the I was sleeping on this like wait so for their guest room full. they just bought a shit mattress not a shit they had but this, a, no, it was they hard had this like full mattress that has been in the family forever oh, okay and for so, a, how long dude I don't know this thing was rock hard though oh my I was gosh. dying yeah dying so when my parents bought their sleep number uh-huh. they're like oh we're just gonna toss we're just gonna toss out our old queen and old bed frame I'm like. Put it in the guest room. Yeah. So I, I upgraded myself when okay. I was there. So that worked. Now my sister's on that bed. Yeah. So I upgraded for myself and my sister. Perfect. So you're making decisions <laughs> your whole life. You don't even know it. So anyway, like that's normally not me. Normally I would be like, I would like, oh, I gotta go like I'm gonna I'm gonna go shop around. I'm gonna go research mm. all this shit. I was like, that bit's comfortable. It's right in our price point. Let's just I don't want a mattress shop every night for no, the next few weeks. Miserable. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Let's just buy that. But it's like crazy for me because i was like that was a huge purchase yeah oh yeah i mean it was still a thousand dollars yeah there's a lot for a mattress so i was like damn i was like when's, that's cool when's that come it's already came have you slept on it yes and very comfortable oh, okay it's the good. best night's sleep i've had Ooh. in a long time and the dogs love it mm-hmm. they're very tucker um has already claimed it okay it's his it's it is he is i've never seen him so happy he is so happy to be on that bed. Most important question. Yeah. What the fuck happens when Steve shows up? When Steve? I mean, Steve's going to be in a bassinet on the side of the bed. I'm not but kick- I'm, I, I know I'm that. I'm not kicking the dogs out of the bed. Oh, Jake, I think you're in for a fucking <laughs> reality check. <dude>. No. <laughs> Kylie, Kylie is the one who... Kylie's, okay. That's more okay. Kylie's thing than me. Okay. You can even talk to her. Okay. She's all about it. Okay. I'm just... 
I'm I just, was spiking there for a second. Yeah, so was I. I'm just gonna because uh, I'm excited. I'm just putting it out there so that I I can say tentatively, like I tentatively said that this was gonna happen, even though I'm not definitively saying that. Mm-hmm. Told you so, but I'm kind of saying it so that I can say I told you so. <laughs> well, it's weird. So like, I don't have many friends who have young kids in my life. Right. Right. And my friend Matt and Courtney are the only people that I'm really close with where I can actually see their parenting style. Now, Kylie has more friends in her circle who have oh, okay. young kids. Yeah. Me, it's just my friend Matt. Yeah. Um, and he, they are very strict about where th- London sleeps. Okay. Like, they don't let him sleep in the bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He has his own room right. and he sleeps on the floor. Okay. Like they have like it's just whole. They have this whole thing. Is he it just like, like a giant playpen. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have been doing. Yeah, that. that's yeah. like it's very um. I for, it's I forget what they call it. Um, it's a type of. It's this whole way of like yeah, you've, raising you've a kid. Me, yeah. yeah, I forget what it's called. Like all the toys are like very limited amount of toys. They're all mm. wood and stuff like yeah. that. I don't know. It's what uh, the French call les Les <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm like, you gotta, you try to tell Big Floof, he can't be on the bed. Mm-hmm. It'll crush him. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. It's Big Floof. I can't bed. wait, dude. It's Big Floof's world. We're all just living. <sighs> I can't wait for all your Big stories. Floof is what I call Tucker. Yeah. Um, because he's big and he's floofy. I can't wait, dude. It's it's counting down. It's coming, dude. Yeah. It's like tomorrow. Then I got a new phone. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I had to. I destroyed my old iPhone eight. That thing had been rocking forever. Before we get to that, can I say something? Yeah, Jen's mom. Mm-hmm. Cognitive, awake, eating food, moved, uh, uh, moved oh, out of ICU. Are you serious? Yes. When did that happen? Like she got moved today. Really? Yes. Well, why didn't you lead with that? Oh You're shit! Let me talk about mattresses here. <laughs> No, <laughs> because I didn't want. I wanted it to fucking. I'm now. fucking blabbering about my decision making on mattresses, and then you're burying that lead. Sorry, dude. Now people have to at least listen to ex- set twenty minutes of some shit. It wasn't twenty minutes. I mean, it was twenty minutes, dude. Of mattress talk. Yeah, I'm leaving it all in. <laughs> it was not twenty minutes. Shut up. We've been going for twenty. It's Seventeen minutes, dude. And a bunch of that was you talk about a yurt. Oh yeah, that's true. It's technically mattress talk, but yeah, dude, she's doing awesome. That's amazing. And there's like, I mean, there's a long road of recovery ahead. Oh, but for sure. But it's amazing <sighs> that she's out of like the scariest part. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just monitoring and and, mm-hmm. and getting her body right and making. And thankfully, like from what I understand, she woke up and was like, "Okay, so I've got to fucking make some changes," which is great because we didn't. We were gonna have that talk anyways, mm-hmm. but from her to kind of realize uh, the the gravity of the situation and just being down. So when she was out, when she came out, yeah. she like knew no, kind of what happened. No, it's no. Been, it's been days of her. We were like, <laughs> Joe asked her where, and this is like a running joke now mm-hmm. in the family. Um, Mom, when she was with her, uh, we are looking for the paperwork. We need to know like. Who are the power attorneys are like Jen's trying to like get your finances in line. Like where can we find the paperwork? She told Joe that they were in quack quack. 
So Joe texts us on and goes, so if you guys know where the fuck Quack Quack is, that's where everything we need is. Mm. So that's been a running joke. So it's it's, it's definitely been some... <laughs> you end up going to her house and there's some drawer called Quack Quack. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, she has to do it now. Oh, she has to fucking do it mm-hmm. now. She has to. And for I'm telling you right now, when I get my affairs <laughs> in line, that's really funny. The folder is going to mm-hmm. be called Quack Quack, dude. For my for Cheyenne, dude, for sure. It's going to be like <laughs> everything you need to know is in Quack Quack. <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> He's oh, losing it. Jesus. He's singing all, dude. Um, so it took her a long time to wake up and kind of come out of it. But honestly, to the point where everyone was kind of like, "What are her cognitive abilities going to be like?" We need that was concerning. Mm-hmm. But she's, from what I hear, is making jokes and like doing great. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. I bet that's such a like huge stress relief on your family. Fuck yeah, dude. They told her she was going to die. It was insane. Yeah. But there's a lot of work ahead of us for for everyone, um, but I think everybody's kind of rallying and, and trying to figure it out. For but sure. I had to update that and say that um, she's doing awesome. Well, so. thank you for letting me know. Because mm-hmm. the last time we talked, because we were obviously we were off last week. Yeah. Um, no, we were on last we week. We were on last week. We were chose, chose to record to the Republic instead of Say What You Mean because you had tickets to the Blazer game. Yeah. But <laughs> the um, it was that like you were barely getting her to like, hey, like, can you move your toe for me? Or like, oh, can really? you like, squeeze your hand? Like, oh, that's, wow. That's the last time I talked to you about this. So that's a, like, it's incredible that yeah. it's progressed as far as it has in like a week and a half. Yeah. So Jen asked her, like, do you remember me like being there and asking you to move your toes and stuff? And she said she remembers. Really? That's fucking insane, dude. It's kind of scary. That is scary. Dude. That is really scary. Anyways, tell me about your phone. Oh, I was on a hike. I was. I went to. Um, I mean, I don't know how I'm gonna follow that good news. <laughs> Dude, go for it. <laughs> the. Uh, um, I was on a hike, and we went to. Well, one. I was like, we got a late start on. We got a late start on Sunday to hike. Yeah. Okay. No, Saturday. We got a late start on Saturday. And uh, which is always great because that means other people are going to be all over the place. Yeah, but it was we went into the gorge and okay. it was by the time we left the house, it was like 1230. And I'm then I remember like, hey, it's not summer. It actually gets dark at 430 these <laughs> days instead of eight o'clock. Yeah. So I'm like, well, can't even go to the. I'm like, by the time we get up to the mountain, it's going to be dark. So I'm like, where can we go? I'm like, I wanted to go to snow because mm-hmm. uh, we went two weeks ago to try to find snow and couldn't find any snow in the gorge because it didn't actually snow like right. they said it was going to snow. So we're like, well, we'll go to the gorge. Um, and we went to, we ended up going to the waterfalls that, the waterfall that you and I went to. I knew it. I thought where so. Where the, where Bo caused, almost caused a landslide. Yeah. And that landslide had came down and like knocked out the bridge and everything. Yeah. So we went back there and that was completely covered. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of snow on the ground, mm-hmm. which is really, cool. really pretty. Um, and I decided to like go like down, like down the embankment mm-hmm. it, to the actual stream part of it. And as I was oh, hopping no. from like w- across the stream, the rocks were completely covered in ice, but I couldn't see it. <gasps> so when I stepped, I went ass over like like reverse ass scorpion, over, ass over tea kettle. Like, yeah, boom! My my camera smacks the rocks. I lost my um. I Holy busted the shit, busted dude. the the ring part of my lens where mm-hmm. my um my filter threads yeah. on filter goes flying into the water lost my lens cap I go into the completely underneath the water <laughs> which dude it's freezing how deep 
Uh, it was like three feet. Okay. So, I mean, what I went on, like, on my side. Yeah. So, like, I was completely oh, under. Oh, my. So cold. Yeah. So cold. And you thought your phone was going to survive that? Well, it would have. <laughs> okay. If my phone hadn't been cracked and broken in a million That's different places prior to beforehand. That's what I was saying. I was like, no way, it all, Yeah, it just destroyed everything. <laughs> yeah. I did get it back turned on for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it just quit. Okay. Um, after I let it dry and rice for a few days. And then I was just like, all right, well, I just need to go. I, it's about time. Yeah. I've been on my parents' plan, just paying them forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to get myself on my own plan. Holy shit, Jake. I'm going, I know. I'm making moves. <laughs> Becoming an adult. Damn, dude. Uh, so I go and I buy. I go there and I go to Verizon and they tell me, yeah, we can't do that over the. We can't transfer your your number over the. in. We can't transfer your number in the store you have to do that over the phone i'm like okay that's so dumb so i go so i go to my mom my mom makes me a manager on the count so the next day i call your fucking manager dude yeah dude <laughs> good time so i call and so that that gives me the ability to like do everything on the account mm-hmm. to take myself off of the account yeah so i take myself off the account transfer my number to my own account go in there and they're like the, the lady's like, all right, well, kind of like, I couldn't imagine being a phone salesperson. That might be one of the low key worst jobs. Why? Think about every old person. Oh. Everybody over the age of 40. Yeah. Who grew up either with no cell phones or flip phone. Yeah. But were too old by the time smartphones came out to really understand it. Okay. Like, I grew up with a chocolate. You're awfully compassionate towards salespeople, dude. <laughs> well, I worked in retail. Oh, that's forever. true. That's true. So, I, the lady, the the person, the salesperson mm-hmm. wasn't particularly nice. But I also oh. understand people coming in like, hey, tell me how they weren't nice. Do you guys sell? Do you guys sell phones here? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I need a new phone. What is this place? And uh, so I walked in. I'm like, hey, just create my own account. Transfer my phone. Oh, transfer my number to my account from my parents' account. Now I need to get a phone. And she's like, and I destroyed mine. And then she just was like really short with me. Okay. She was like, "Well, what kind of phone do you want?" I was like, "Something in the Apple family." And she's like, "I have an I have a iPhone 12, a 13 mini, and a standard 13." And I was like, "Okay, I'll just take the standard 13." I'm like, I'm not gonna sit there and like make her explain to me the Dude, difference you're between the me phones. Anxiety right now. I'm just like, yeah, I'll just the 13. It's what? better. Than, it's better than anything else I have. You're what am I gonna do? Casual, like, dude. What am I gonna be like? I want to stay Apple because I've always had Apple. Loser. Um, and <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go with yeah, what I know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna go with the best available. I'm not gonna be like, well, do you guys have a 13 Pro Max available in yeah. one of the other locations? I can need a phone now. I need to get this over with. Okay. They closed in a half hour. I wasn't. I didn't want. That's why she's pissed, Jake. But I made sure I got out of there in 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Like Did they you? closed at 7. I was out of there by 6.45. Okay. I got there at 6.15. I was out of there by 6.45. So it was a half hour, but mm-hmm. still, it was way before. There were people who were looked like they had been there a long time before I got there mm-hmm. and looked like they were going to continue to be there for a long time yeah. after I left, which she has no idea that, that I am planning on making her life as easy as possible. Right, right, right. She doesn't know that until she's you're almost done and i'm like okay let's let me get out of here yeah so she was trying to upsell me on some cases and stuff and she definitely was shooting kylie looks because kylie's like jake just go to amazon their case the cases are gonna be way cheaper um (laughs) 
which is a salesperson that would annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. Because I had that people happen. I've been trying to sell somebody a scope for their rifle, and they, they got somebody that's like, hey, I, I, that's a sportsman's way cheaper. Yeah. And it's just like. It's a little bitch. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah, anyway. I love so, it. Yeah, that's uh, I, I. So I have a new, f- I have a f- fancy new, new phone. phone, new I mattress. Ended, what's done was stupid. As I ended up going to uh, Best Buy and spending the same amount on a case and a screen protector as I would have at Verizon, but I got a better, I got a better looking case. And oh, whatever. okay. Why don't you just go to Amazon, dude? I should have just gone. I did. They didn't really have much available. You it's need hard. a case on that bitch as soon as you get it, dude. Dude, you're telling me. <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other moves I got to other moves I got to make. Yeah. Kylie is kind of giving me the permission to buy the camera that I want. Whoa. So, I shouldn't say permission. That's stupid. We're not that's not the kind of relationship we have. Bullshit. But she's like she's like before we before we have Steve, like It makes sh- sense. You should get the camera that yeah. you want. Yeah. But also for Steve, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're gonna like take pictures of like pose or Steve? like yeah, but you could take infant photos, could or to have nice photos mm-hmm. in general, yeah. But they'll all end up being cell phone photos, yeah, probably. <laughs> my uh, my I mean my camera takes good my t- my camera takes good photos as it is. Like, right. I don't really need to upgrade, but I want to for sure. Now's the time, dude. So it is the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Super good. Um, so, yeah, that's everything that's been going on with me. <clears throat> did you hear that? Um, where is it? I just, uh, I'm, I'm. did you hear that Clark County courts suspend jury trials due to COVID-19 spike? You told me about that. Yeah, it was just announced by the Columbian. And you work there. I work there. Mm-hmm. I work there. So you're a government employee not yep. doing your job. <laughs> it's 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 been interesting, dude. Honestly. Gun to my head. How do I like it? Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Really? I love it. I love it. I love talking to people about their service. I love like, I don't know, man. I just try to make, because I think of myself as the point person of, because a lot of people's experience with government is, there, there's multiple reasons, right? But mm-hmm. this is like something where they get to quote serve, right? That term is used, like serving Mm-hmm. as a juror and a lot of people who do it have a great experience or changes their perception on maybe the court system or maybe the government sure. so if i'm interacting with somebody i want to i kind of find feel like this weird i don't think it's weird but i have like a sense of pride of like because I, I don't know why i it's because i believe in it mm-hmm. is why sure that's what it is you know yeah. if someone at the same fucking situation in right away dude i ain't i don't give a shit Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because it's something I, I believe in and I care about, I want to I, I don't want to quote sell people on it, but I want them to be like, oh, that dude seems all right. Like this could be kind of cool to to get into, like to come and serve. Um, guy calls me today and he's just like, hey, I got you know, I got summoned, um, but I don't live in Clark County anymore. So he can't serve in Clark County. Mm hmm. And I'm like, all right, man, no problem. That's just, you know, I'll just go in and kind of <clears throat> just end your service or end your request for service and you'll be good to go. And he's like, all right, cool, man. Hey. And I go, yeah. And he goes, man, you got a voice for like radio, dude. And I go, oh, thanks. I've been told I have a face for radio. And he just starts dying, dude, laughing. He goes, you're awesome, man. And I'm <laughs> like, thanks, dude. And I was like, you're good, man. And he's like, all right, cool. Have a good day. But like that interaction, like one, it made me feel good because mm-hmm. like that's what I do. 
That's what we do, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's like that hopefully I leave an impression with people so that they're like, I mean, jury duty seems like such a chore, but that guy seems so hyped on it. Like maybe I'll go do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's super fun. I love it. I love the schedule. I love dude, it's weird. Like, surprise, not everybody in uh your work setting can has to be a giant piece of shit. Surprise. I didn't know that for fucking 15 years, dude. I yeah. didn't know shit. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that uh, people can be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been awesome. For sure. I love it. That's uh, that's great. I'm, I'm, glad, you're, I'm yeah. glad you're loving it. I figured you would. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's cool because I think the dynamic in which you're dealing with the public is far different than the manner in which I'm dealing with Absolutely. them. So you probably get... Uh, it's going to be different dynamics. So you're, I mean, there's going to be challenges both ways yeah so oh yeah it, it, it'll be interesting i'll be i'm excited to hear as you go forward like your run-ins with the public versus my run-ins with the public I and mean, just kind of compare them. yeah oh yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's just there's there's challenges to both absolutely sure. it's gonna be fun to mm-hmm. tell those stories dude um but overall like everyone i'm working with is super awesome and they seem to be really stoked on me which feels good that's awesome so and i'm good at it dude how many people do you work with? Like, <clears throat> So technically, I'm going to be working with one other person, mm. but I'm working with two trainers who are kind of like swapping in and out, but they're like, you you, you got it. I'm going to go and do my job now for a few, like an hour. I'll be back. Okay, later. So, cool. oh yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Um, so, I mean, I'm, uh, so I'm, I am, they're going to hire someone who works with me, mm-hmm. they're working on doing that, but then it'll just be the two of us and then my manager, who's awesome. Okay. Um, but it's cool being in there. Found something pretty interesting. My trainer found this out. He mm. knows I love history. And uh, so he was like, uh, the History Museum posted something today about um, Vancouver's first mayor. And it was hmm. a picture of his fir- the a picture of him, and it was like I can't remember like E M Green or something like that is his name, um, and it's a picture of his and they do this whole little post about the mayor, and my trainer he was like we have in the jury room all these pictures of previous judges, oh, and he walks over to one that he recognized from the post and labeled under it is a different name, hmm, and he's like that's weird. And then he walks over to a sign that has the name that was posted on the history post, and it's a different photograph. So he was thinking maybe the photographs got swapped, but it's something I'm kind of interested in looking into and reaching out to them and just being like, hey, who's the real guy? Like, because that's, I don't know. For me, I'm like, that's blasphemous. How do they have the wrong guy listed and photographed for the mayor and the judge and like, it's wrong information mm-hmm. in my space. Come on, Brad. I don't know if, okay, but maybe if it wasn't them, maybe the museum provided these photographs because mm-hmm. I think they've been there for a long time. And then when they get there, they just swap the frames and messed it up. That's possible. I think that's what happened. Mm. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather blame Brad. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to, I think we, we Googled one and we found it and it was like, definitely an error there so hmm. i don't know but it's okay. like now that's gonna drive me insane because it's there in my room that i have to look at and be like oh, i'm gonna change that so if you are summoned for jury duty you'll probably come and see me 
It'll be fun. Yeah, keep me out of jury duty. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> I am 100% not the guy to ask that. Because <laughs> I will make you come. <laughs> Ooh. Anyways, so what else is up, dude? <laughs> we should just clip that. <laughs> um, I will make you. Um, Dude, January 6th. Here we are. Happy anniversary. Yeah, that happened. It's been a year. Uh, yeah. What a crazy year it's been since that moment. Mm-hmm. COVID. We, just, we thought, we so naively thought, you, me, CJ, we, uh-huh. we so naively thought that, like, this is the turning point. Yeah. They're going to have to, like, Do this something. is it. This yeah. is it. Like, this is the end of Trumpism. He, f- he finally went too far. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember thinking. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like, you thought that? I thought that. I don't know if I thought that, dude. I, I thought, I hoped. Oh, I guess hoped I, for I, sure. But I convinced myself on that hope mm. that there was, he he would be a pariah. Yeah. There always be, would be the pockets of people who, who would, would, um, who would support him no matter yeah. what. But I thought that there would be no way that people would double down on him. Yeah. And yet the entire party seems to have done that. Dude, double down so hard that when text messages are released of their fear and panic, they still don't waver. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Yeah, but nine of the ten most popular cable news shows, or yeah. just cable shows in general, are all Fox News shows. Nine of the ten most popular cable shows. Networks or shows? Shows. Oh. In the 25 to 54 age bracket, which is like the key demographic. What? For voters. Yeah. Is he appearing there on there at all? No. I mean, but he basically... Why I mean, not? Every once in a while. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I have no idea. If you have no voice in social media, why are you not plastering your face all over other mediums that will accept you? That is something we have to ask ourselves. Hmm. It's possible he's just trying to. Um, it's possible he's trying to uh, um, lay low a little bit. I feel like that, but w- for what? Well, it won him the it won him the election in 2016. Okay, how so? Because he stayed quiet the last like three weeks. You didn't hear any of his bomb, his bombastic statements. Mm-hmm. He wasn't out there making a fool of himself, getting him sticking his foot in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then the shit happened with Comey and Hillary Clinton about the reopening of the investigation. And he was quiet on that whole thing. And then, so the last thing anybody remembers going into the election was Hillary was, mm-hmm. is Hillary Clinton corrupt? And, well, we haven't heard from Trump in a while, and you know how the collective attention span of the United oh, of yeah. the people of the United States, um, how short bias. how short short it is. Yeah, his silence was the best thing he had done, mm. and I almost wonder if his handlers, because yes, he has handlers. Yes, have especially political handlers. have convinced him to like, hey, let Biden continue. To sink himself. Mm. Not that Biden is actively sinking himself. No, but it's just, handling a pandemic naturally. He's just not. He was dealt a situation where he's never going to be popular. Nope. He's just never going to be popular. Yeah. So whether regardless of the job that he he did, mm-hmm. there are so much that is beyond his control. Yeah, absolutely. That you're just like, dude, he just. He's just not going to be popular. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think that's the most obvious assumption or 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 
guess, right, is mm-hmm. to stay out of the limelight or stay out of the light in general just to lay low. I don't know. Do you have another explanation? No. Okay. <laughs> I think that's fair. Oh, yeah, I, I just, mean, I just, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that Fox News, as though they they want to appear tied to him, but they actually want to distance themselves? See, that's also kind of what I'm thinking is what are the motives here between with Fox News and shit? Um, it's just so gross the way that the way that it is, you know, of like um, uh, capitalizing on what's hot or not. Mm-hmm. And and right now he's laying low and, and, you know, Fox News is, is also in turn kind of forced to not really talk about Trump because. There's nothing on Trump, but if Trump's hot, he's all over it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Just thinking. It's uh. I mean, they're spinning narratives that specifically help him. Oh, for sure. Like they're doing everything can they can to create an environment and a narrative and a real and create a reality mm-hmm. amongst their viewership that that Trump was still in the right. That Trump. It's unspoken, mm-hmm. but Trump and they're like, they're spinning a reality in which Trump did win the election. Right. They're just not outwardly explicitly saying it, yeah. but they're not also they're also not out there denouncing that narrative. Mm-hmm. They're they're not out there saying Biden is the unquestioned president. Yeah, yeah. So they're still very much in league with For sure. Trump For sure. and Trump's people. Oh yeah, I don't think that they're like turning their back on him. Hell no. Um, let me ask you something. Sure. Barack Obama, in his book, in so many words, in so many ways, and so many times so far, has kind of suggested the idea that the very nice lady is the beginning or the start of this massive populist movement that has led to Donald Trump. Palin? Mm-hmm. No. So he, he the his suggestions are that You think she was he thinks does she think that he, she was the mastermind behind it? No. Okay. I was what he's saying is she is the spark because news outlets and and her, right, they're all focusing on her bumper sticker catchphrase hockey mom things that she was saying Mm -hmm. and just rerunning those things that she was saying over and over and even when faced with kind of logic you see this massive following that is defending palin's kind of blunders as just like no, that she's the voice of us. She is. She's speaking for us. It doesn't matter. She's wrong. She's one of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also he talks about how this this kind of c- connects back to Palin. But the media, when no matter like while he's trying to push the I can't remember the name of the first initial um, uh, uh, stimulus slash. Um, package that he was doing to to get the economy going right at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, but just how all these republicans and everybody was trashing it and her calling it kind of these bumper sticker names the news like the the opposite his opposition were straight up lying about things that were in the bill and and the media was reporting on it and repeating the lies and not verifying them. Whose bill? I'm sorry, I missed that. What? Whose bill? Not bill. 
The the bill. Which bill? The first bill, the first stimulus like recovery bill oh, in okay. in you. his presidency, yeah. like yeah, 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 literally yeah. as soon as he got inaugurated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't remember the name of it, but anyways, um, it was like a there was like an acronym or something. But um, he's saying whose bill? <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. Oh oh, we were at the beach and we're like in lieu of this and in lieu of that, and then Shy looks at me and Jenna goes, "Who's Lou?" <laughs> He's in somewhere, though. Yeah. Uh, so so basically, because the media had just reported on all these lies without kind of fact-checking them or, or verifying them, you've already done the damage, and now you can't pull back and make those corrections because people are going to believe the first thing that they hear, and they're going to kind of lean and, and kind of, you know, and then mm-hmm. for you to make a correction, it's always so much harder to change people's minds. And he's he's just he's kind of laying out how all of this has is like like I can see what he's doing in his book. He's laying a clear path of like kind of these like kind of shitty deals that were kind of happening with the media and with that very nice lady. How you he could see without knowing that we were going to get here, but now with in, in retrospect, mm-hmm. kind of looking, going, oh shit. Like these, this is kind of the groundwork to get to where we are today. Granted, it's him and it's his opinion and blah blah yeah, blah. I mean, and I just I, want to know what you I thought. Mean, it's it's because you were far more politically involved or even interested than I was. So now I'm reading it. And I'm hearing these things and I'm I'm wondering what you're thinking. Because you, you this you were not for this guy. She hmm. was your very nice lady. She was very. I mean, <clears throat> I think she was. Um, she wasn't then when she is now. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She wasn't a hack, like she is now. Okay, but for her to go up there and completely just she didn't know anything. She didn't know shit. And but that wasn't her fault. You get a you get John McCain, the Republican yeah. nominee for president, comes to you. You're just a governor from Alaska. Yes, first term governor from Alaska. I'm not blaming Alaska. her for not knowing shit. What I'm blaming, who I'm blaming, is everybody who blindly just said, "Who cares if she doesn't know shit? She's with us." That's what I'm pointing to, not the fact that it's mm-hmm. her or that she. she- I, I I think the support for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this deep thought right now. No, here. I think no. I I I actually disagree with the with the uh, with the president. Okay. Um, his assertion that she was the spark because I think he doesn't say that, but I feel like that's what he's alluding to. This okay. is my analysis of of kind of how he's laying things out. Okay. He is not he is harsh as shit on her. I mean, as he should be. He is harsh, dude. Especially in like with the knowledge of what has come with her and her elk since. Elaborate, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, she has. She, st- I mean, okay. If we're gonna say like she was the first politician who was celebrated for her ignorance, mm-hmm. like it's more about what you represent more than what you stand for. Okay. Or, Ooh. Ooh. Because she, Palin became a symbol more than she became right. than more than it was Palin. Like Palin, the person is one thing. What Palin represented was completely not completely something more, and. She, I think, in light of the economic hard, the economic recession, how many people were struggling, um, and being told by being told by politicians on both sides of the fence, like, "Hey, we're we're," and there was a lot of indifference. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of there was a lot of feelings of apathy that the people in charge, regardless of the party, 
didn't care about what was going on around them. And the stimulus package was spun by the Republicans, even Mm -hmm. though Bush passed the first one. Yeah. And then Obama passed another one and then another one. Mm hmm. Um, all, I mean, all economists believe that that was necessary. And well, the, the amount of money that was spent on those pales in comparison to the amount of stimulus we've seen under both Trump and Biden oh, yeah. under the pandemic. He also mentions that on that first one that was passed under Bush, mm-hmm. it was during the election. So <clears throat> during the election cycle for <clears throat> um, McCain yeah. and Barack Obama. And I guess that they were both kind of like uh, they'd agreed to like sign off on it because Mm -hmm. they knew that it had to happen. And he describes it as like putting his hand on the bloody knife and and going for it because he knew that it had to happen to to, to jumpstart Mm -hmm. the economy and get everybody fixed. So it's like it's interesting because looking at stimulus packages and what follows and everybody looking at it and interpreting it in certain ways Mm -hmm. because Obama's doing it or when Obama's doing it. Yeah. Not maybe understanding that McCain and Obama both signed off on Bush's. Mm-hmm. So, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think that um, the legitimate criticisms of the stimulus package is how little oversight was given mm. um, to where the money was going and how it was going to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Because there was a lot of cases of the very people who were responsible for the problems that persisted with okay. the banking industry yes. were basically given millions of dollars to go away mm. as golden parachutes they were given okay. or they were given bonuses and kept on mm-hmm. like there was very little accountability for the people who were who were um who caused this mm-hmm. and then those were the people who were bailed out while the middle class mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the lower class were left to shoulder the burden right and like I understand where that resentment came from. Mm-hmm. So then seeing Palin, who was a a a plain spoken person, right? Like who gives a shit if her, she doesn't know shit about foreign policy, right? <laughs> she represents right. me. She doesn't. She represents me. She represents middle of America. Right. She speaks how I speak, mm-hmm. and Ooh, she she was a powerful force. And you can see it because Biden. I mean, McCain jumped in front of Obama right after the announcement Mm -hmm. and then it kind of fell flat it's like hey we've got like this 70 something year old guy Mm -hmm. who if he dies in office we're looking at somebody who clearly isn't prepared (laughs) yeah but i think what was noticed by the party Mm -hmm. and the people who are in charge of marketing for the party yeah noticed hey there's something there there's something with her there's something about what she represents mm-hmm. that is galvanizing mm-hmm. to our base. Yeah. It's energizing to our base. Um, oh, that's scary, dude. But it was quickly, but that ignorance, you can't, for a while, the Republican Party still, you couldn't get over, you couldn't, it got you so far, mm-hmm. right? It played well in media circles. It right. played well um, on debate stages. But even the craziest of crazies who ran in 2012, mm-hmm. I mean, in 2012, for the Republican nomination, were quickly weeded out. Mm-hmm. Michelle Bachman, um, Herman Cain, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these guys who who tried to or tried to basically be Palin, mm-hmm. they, they got no traction. Right. And I don't know. I just I I don't think that she was necessarily the spark. I think that environment already existed. I think that environment already existed between in two thousand seven and two thousand eight mm-hmm. because of one, 
the um the the economic environment right i think uh radical radicalized people Mm -hmm. when you're pushed up against a corner you're more desperate for sure so i think there was a lot of anger and resentment as we discussed Mm -hmm. but i think also racism plays a play yeah oh yeah runs into it and you had the election of a young black man Mm -hmm. to the presidency of the united states something that none of us had ever seen Mm -hmm. we're all used to seeing old stuffy white guys Mm -hmm. in that role yeah and all of a sudden those unconscious biases mm-hmm. that you've got existing in your head, yeah. they're all there. I have them. Yeah. Ever, all of us have For them. Sure. And um, that, comes, that comes roaring to the forefront. Yeah. You think not only is your economic world, your economic security turned on its head, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're kind of like you're, you're cult, like almost in a way your view of American culture mm-hmm. is kind of turned on its, is kind of turned right. on its head. And you want to return to this rose-colored mm-hmm. view of simplistic, yeah, yeah, of governance, yeah. Um, so you got Biden, you have, I mean, you have Palin contrasted mm-hmm. with with Obama, who mm-hmm. kind of used his own firebrand of populism. Mm-hmm. Obama ran a very populist message in two thousand eight. Okay, hope and change. Yeah, what did that mean? I mean, hope and change. Exactly. It's no different than make America great again. You don't think? It doesn't mean shit. Hope and change. Yeah. What the fuck did that mean? It means hope and change. Great. <laughs> that's not Paul. That's not that's not a I mean every but you can say that about every presidential candidate. They're all political slogans, yes. right? Yeah. But, but it, you, does that mean everyone's a populist or running a populist campaign? There's an element of populism to it, obviously, naturally. Mm-hmm. In the structure of what it is, yeah. But I mean, Obama was Obama ran on a lot of promises. Okay, on a lot of promises that weren't necessarily feasible. That weren't necessarily feasible. Okay, we're going. I'm going to end the Iraq War mm-hmm. in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pass universal health care. Okay, we're going to. Um, I can't. I off the top of my head, I can't remember. But those okay. are two big things, right? Okay. We're going to close Guantanamo Bay. Yes. He just started talking about that in that part. Of in me. the mean, in the meantime, <laughs> like those are radi- Like there were still a lot of people who supported the Iraq War in mm-hmm. two thousand mm-hmm. in two thousand eight. Okay. Um, in the Af- in the Afghan War, mm-hmm. a lot of people still supported the like the idea of closing Guantanamo Bay. Still scared of, like scared a lot of people for sure. And the government takeover of healthcare has not been something that's been popular at all right. in the United States, right. regardless of who has brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are big boogeyman things mm-hmm. being told to you by the face of someone who's young mm-hmm. and someone who's black. Mm-hmm. And I think that that created a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of fear okay and so they naturally gravitated towards politicians who were willing to look and sound like them yeah and i think that that was sarah palin and mm-hmm. now it's donald trump and it's marjorie taylor green and it's mm. lauren bobert people who are far more aggressive than i think sarah palin ever was initially for sure, for sure. 
Now she's just writing the coattails like during she's a plot. Fucking mass singer, dude. <laughs> I mean, she's she's a joke. Yeah, like she's an absolute joke. She's just trying to stay relevant enough, and she's mm-hmm. just writing the coattails of people who have far more ambition than she has to try to maintain some form of relevancy. Mm-hmm. So I I I think if that is what President Obama is mm-hmm. trying to do in his book, I I, I just trying to say that she was the spark i think he's giving her way too much credit but i feel like you you have you said it yourself though you said that it was already this culture or it was already there right but maybe not identified until her well so it's going to be somebody but that's what i'm saying but isn't that exactly what he may be saying you, you're not reading it, right? So we're going mm-hmm. off my interpretation. Yeah. But when I hear you say that, I'm thinking maybe that's what he's saying. You know, because it's, it's, it is this cult of personality. It is this, the beginnings of maybe identifying something there and, and writing it out. And that's kind of what you said is identifying that like maybe the space was already there. They just needed that somebody and maybe she was that somebody. Because then they lost the presidential election twice in a row. To then have Donald Trump kind of mirror what she was doing or or at least capitalize on the reactions and the culture that was reacting to her. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm just. I, no, just, I. I, yeah. I think you make a great. I think you make a great point. You definitely have me questioning my. Sam definitely have me questioning my argument. I just. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's any. I don't think it's any. I don't think what happened there was any one person. Like the 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 Tea Party, I think, is more indicative of where, the, Repub- of where the Republican Party yes. is now okay. than Sarah Palin. Okay, because the Tea Party was supposedly this spontaneous reaction to feeling like they weren't being represented by their government. Right. So the Tea Party was this grass started as this grassroots movement mm-hmm. which was quickly co-opted not by palin mm-hmm. i'm it was not quickly yeah, co-opted yeah. by the Koch brothers mm-hmm. by yes the people who have very that. deep pockets yeah who monetized and pushed the tea party towards weaponization mm-hmm. interesting far more than i think sarah palin did well I, sarah no, palin was just a flash in the pan and that's she what i'm saying and she would have faded if it had not been for the environmental reality, I don't disagree her. with you. Yes, I agree with you, and I I don't like. I'm not saying that he is solely blaming. He he does not talk well of her, but nor, I don't. I mean, nor I don't he. think that he is saying that she is the sole reason. Mm-hmm. But I'm. I think he is saying what you're saying is it was there, and she was the tool used. Maybe I don't even know if that's. Maybe later on, but initially McCain wasn't. McCain didn't look at her and be like, "Ooh, I can start this whole grassroots." No, 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 no. no. I don't think so either. No, I think later on, for sure, when we kind of start seeing 
who she is and she starts saying some things that people like you're talking about the tea party and like the representative government and people seeing themselves in just the middle class mom mm-hmm. that she kind of represented. I don't know. She was very absent from politics in 2012. Yeah. Very absent. I don't know. You were there. I didn't give a she shit. She wasn't around yeah. at all. Yeah. Like nobody saw her for endorsements. Nobody brought her on their campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Um, she was essentially a political, like she was a nobody yeah. in 2012. Yeah. And she doesn't really appear again until Trump. Right. For sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to pick your brain because no, I, I you were totally I, I in, like, in on I, it. No, I like going down memory lane and talking about <laughs> talking about the prelude History, to this fucking right? to this mess we're in right yeah. now. Like, what happened to the Republican Party? Like, mm-hmm. how did it become authoritative regime? Right. And I just don't. I just, I just, I know Sarah Palin is not. Is not smart enough nor forward thinking enough. <laughs> I don't think she was. But, I, but if she's not, then how did we get here? We got here because Roger Stone. There were a, there are not just Roger Stone, <laughs> right? Glenn Beck, yes. Mark Levin, Sean Hannity. What's the dude? The radio dude. Uh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh, who were willing to continue to spread a create a reality yeah to create a reality that of mistrust yeah of mistrust of government yeah hatred of the u.s government yeah we love america but we hate the government that's insane um and a tribal mentality Mm -hmm. there's very much a tribal there was very much created tribal mentality but really it goes back even for i think it really does go back even further than 2007 okay i think it goes back to um it goes back to Newt Gingrich in 1995, this contract with America mm-hmm. and where Newt Gingrich and kind of what became the freedom caucus today, mm-hmm. that's very staunch, like populist Republicans mm-hmm. that were in opposition to Bill Clinton mm-hmm. and chose to impeach Bill Clinton. Right. That, I think, was really more of the spark. Interesting. Than, um, than Sarah Palin. I'll have to do some reading on that. Yeah, look up New Gingrich contract with America. Okay. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, just really quick. Like, yeah. So, like, you started telling me you were going to read. So then, like, of course, now I've got to go. Gotcha. Now sucka. I've got to go read too. It's like, <laughs> I, I, we make each other better. Yeah, for so, sure. Um. Anyway, so I started uh, pick. I picked up a book that I hadn't um, fully read in college. By not fully read, I skimmed lightly skimmed. But it was a book that I had always had meant to go back. Intimate bonds? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> Nothing from. Uh, no offense, Sue Peabody. Nothing from your class, um, especially not that one. Nothing yeah. from that particular European pop culture. There's nothing I would go back and read from that. Okay. I <laughs> uh, although that Monty it was a Montayu Montayu with the cats. No, oh. Montayu is that first book we had to read about um, um, that uh, the Cathar 
Uh, Dude, I don't remember. You're going to remember far more than okay, anything so I ever did. Okay, so we had to read did. this book about uh, there was this Cathar, the Cathar heretics, which were like a, a okay. branch Sound of Christianity. Sound familiar. And the it was in it was in like rural southern France. Yes, yes. Okay. In like the mountainous region. Jogging it, jogging it. And uh, <laughs> the Catholics mm-hmm. decided that they needed to root out the Cathar heresy, mm-hmm. heresy and went through and your the, memory the is her- insane. The hist the the historian who wrote this about the city or the town of Montayu, which was like where this Inquisition took place, mm-hmm. and he used uh, Inquisition records and interviews to basically put together the entire social life and social order right. of fifteen like fourteen or fifteen hundreds Southern France. Yeah. Um. So like the concept was was interesting. I remember that. I remember it was just that. A boring ass. I can't believe how good your memory is. That's insane. Oh. That is insane. <laughs> that is, and I, I started I, like while you're telling me that, mm-hmm. and you're jogging it all back. I'm thinking, why the fuck don't I remember all that? Oh, I remember. I worked at four in the morning and was running on like two hours of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I had a much easier. Passed. I had a I much easier. Passed. I had a much easier life how the than fuck you did. Did I graduate? Um, you and Matt. That's all. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, the anyway, it's called the book is called Just and Unjust Wars. Okay, and it's trying to. The author is. I read it for Doctor one of Doctor Lopez's classes. The Psychology of War okay. was the class name, and the book by um, Kenneth Waltzer. Okay, argue or Stephen Waltzer. I can't remember. His last name is Waltzer. He argues that Michael Waltzer. Michael Waltzer. There's a lot of. There's a Kenneth. Wal- International relations has a lot of W authors. There's Kenneth Waltz. There's Stephen Wall, mm-hmm. Michael Waltzer, and there's one other one who I cannot... A guy named Mearshammer, but I always consider him a W. Anyway, um, <laughs> so he's this, this author is trying to argue that there are... There is a moral yeah. code and justification mm-hmm. around warfare. Okay. And he's arguing that through... So his basic premise is that there is certain parameters that are mutually agreed upon intersubjective. So mm-hmm. there's like across time and space, mm-hmm. humans have like there exists this moral understanding of the rules around warfare. What is naturally what is justifiable warfare and okay. what is not justifiable or not naturally in okay. terms of like we're. Um, predisposed to have those. Yeah, I mean, he he rejects realism, so okay. he's very okay. much in opposition to Hobbes. Okay, it's more cult. It's more like culturally okay. based. So he's Fuck. so he's arguing um, that over time we've developed this moral understanding of of warfare mm-hmm. that we're not just that states, especially if you're talking about interstate warfare, not violence between individuals, but mm-hmm. it's interstate warfare. That there exists a certain set of rules that. Um, that judge the the legal like what would we consider legal even though there's the absence of any sort of government right. presiding over states that there is that there exists some sort of moral understanding and moral obligation by certain leaders about when war is justified and when it's not justified okay. and he says that in ex- one of the, one of the most famous like lines from this book mm-hmm. is that uh, through hypocrisy of our leaders we gain moral knowledge or something to that effect so that's interesting people people's window dressing yeah to 
leaders window dressing for to say we had to go to war because of X. Right. Tells us that even whether they followed that or not, tells us that they there is still this understanding that there was an expectation that you only go to war for certain reasons. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I kind of want to just have like a short, just general conversation about like, when do you, mm-hmm. Jeff Lopez, okay, think that war is justified? Do you exclude, does that exclude or does he just talk about at all civil war? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you're talking about war between states, but then to, I think it completely. It's war, it's war against like groups of people. Right. Yeah. Does that change? Do the parameters change? Does the goalpost move if it's civil war in any way? And I'm just throwing that question out there because I'm thinking about it. Well, how would you think that it's the civil war? Why would you think the parameters would change between civil war and interstate warfare? Like what obligation does the state have? Because they look different than me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hell. No, uh, but that, that, that could be, that is that unconscious bias, right? Is that, that, um, that otherization not saying that that Mm -hmm. is a justification but you could make a justification that is rooted in the otherization of somebody whether that's civil or or state to state Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah do you get what i'm saying sure because there's there's ethnic wars right and there's there's cultural wars Mm -hmm. like not cultural but like civil wars right all of these things Mm -hmm. bloom out of sometimes like um uh, other otherizational differences. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, what justifies war? Ooh. Okay. So let me give you a couple scenarios. Okay. Preventative war. Okay. You're one. You're the leader of a state. Yes. And on your border. Uh huh. Are you gonna trap me? I know you're gonna trap me. No, I'm not. I'm not playing your game. My no, no, no. no, no. My goal. <laughs> I'm not here tapping is, out. My goal here I'm is just not kidding. to trap. I know you. I know you. It's not. But then you're going to counter my argue, You're counter my whatever my point is to this scenario. You're going to be like, okay. Well, this now is what? all I think. This is the shit I think about <laughs> nonstop all day long. So yeah. Sure. Okay. I've thought of what do you a got? Lot of counter yeah. What do you got? Okay. Preventative war. Okay. You're a leader of a state. Yep. On your on the border of your on the border of your country. Yeah. Is another country yeah. who you do not share necessarily linguistic or cultural um, ties with. So okay. there's a bit of anotherization there. Okay. You see them starting to amass arms. Okay. You start seeing some troop movement on the border. Okay. You start seeing some bravado coming out of their leaders. Okay. They're thumping their chests. Right. A little bit, talking about how, hey, there's some shared land who. If you talk about, you know, there's some shared land there. Historically, our ancestors used to be in these mountains. Well, those right. mountains are currently in your invisible line. Right. So you're thinking, do we sit back mm-hmm. and wait for them to make to be the aggressor? Mm-hmm. Or are we justified in violating their sovereignty to prevent no. what we think a war no. is happening? I can't think that way. Okay. I can't. Initially, I immediately go to diplomacy. And that might not be an option, but I can't justify being being the first strike. Okay. So you you would be fine potentially yes. paying the sucker's payoff. Yes. Because you don't yes, make that. You I don't think I make would. That. You don't make that move. What do you mean? Say you don't make a preventative yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought you meant in general, like in life. No. <laughs> Say you don't make that preventative yeah. strike. And they do invade. Yeah. That's a big risk. It is a big risk. Because you're talking about the sovereignty of your country, yeah. the lives of your citizens, the lives of your For sure. family. For sure. I just, I don't know. And try mm. now try. Okay. Okay. Think about this now. Okay. Right. The nationalization, especially in modern day. Right. Where because of the nationalization around statehood. Right. The nation state. Mm-hmm. Humans have a much more like ownership bond mm-hmm. with the land in which their country is. Right. Absolutely. Think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is our land. Yes. It's not the king's land. Right. This is our land. There's a right. shared responsibility to protect mm-hmm. every foot because that's our land. Okay. Right. Right. So you try telling your population that we're better off diplomacy right okay so if you go to diplomacy right you go to this other country and you try telling them hey pump the brakes bro. we know we we see this we see what you're saying don't do it yeah well we're gonna come in but we only want we only want to extend our border this many miles Mm -hmm. 10 miles because there is a town in there that is ethnically our people but they're currently in your borders they they don't feel like they are represented by your government okay they want to they want to become part of so we're going to annex it okay and to avoid war just let us annex it Mm -hmm. can you can you can you do that i don't i don't think i can and if you can't (laughs) yeah would another country be justified in doing it in doing what in prevent in a preventative strike oh i it depends dude because it's different because coming from the United States and privilege, we have the ability to kind of look at, we can decide from our high and mighty chair who is the victim and who is the aggressor, right? Mm-hmm. And if somebody makes that move, I feel like there's instantly a victimization that is that is put on to the, the state attacked. Okay. So something that's seen as aggressive mm-hmm. may not be seen as moral. Okay. Is that what you're? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? It's like it's not morally justified. Mm-hmm. Like not... a state can, right? Right. What's stopping the state from yes. acting freely? Yeah. And saying we're going to prevent that. Mm-hmm. But the question is: is is it moral? Is like is there a moral attachment? Is are you morally waiting and are you morally judging the actions of a preventative strike? Is there a yeah. moral, Is there a moral? Oh judgment yes, there? absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Why? I just no. It, it's just it's. Because you haven't read this book, right? You really haven't. You haven't studied international no, not relations, at all. so this, I'm having a lot of fun here talking yeah. to you because I, it it's illuminating to me because a lot mm. of the stuff that he's arguing for is being you're basically making his argument, and you haven't even read the book. Okay, Just that's weird. That me. is weird. Yeah. So okay, another. But then that's exactly what he's saying. According to what you're saying, mm-hmm. is there's a culturally defined understanding of morals Mm -hmm. and i don't know those rules or what he's arguing and i'm making it you've never been told that those are the rules and yet you're you're sitting here saying that those like that's how i feel my brain right now (laughs) (laughs) uh okay another another one really quick uh intervention okay okay so we've talked so we've talked about preventative war Mm -hmm. being the aggressor okay is not morally right right okay so if you had 
intervention. Mm -hmm. So one state has invaded another state. Mm -hmm. So you go into that state, you, another country, third party, you, your state says we need to go. We have the moral, we feel like we have, or no, I guess I should stop here. Do you feel like you have the moral obligation? If you have the means to go and protect the state who is the victim from another state's aggression, do you have the moral right to go in to insert yourself into that conflict to defend a victim? It depends. Okay. What does it depend on? I think it depends on one, if we're asked to. Okay. By the victimized state. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an aggressive move to just do it. I think it's immoral to just interject without without any sort of conversation with at least the the state being attacked. Are you saying without this conversation? Say your state is being attacked mm-hmm. and I'm just like fuck that and I show up and I'm like I got you dude. To me that's immoral. Okay. Without coming to you and saying dude are you good and be like no, I need you dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm here. That conversation needs to happen before I just show up and just be like step aside. Okay. So if there is consent for sure then it's moral. I think so. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Why? No, I okay. just I find that interesting. Um, okay. So now there's can so f- move forward a bit. Okay. You've now come in on the side of the victim, right? The def- of the of the state fighting a defensive war, and you've come in and you've now turned the tables. You've turned the tide of the war. Okay. And you've pushed the this the aggressor state right. back to their original border. Okay. Is it justified then to seek retribution, justice for mm-hmm. the aggressor to continue the fight across the border, invading their sovereignty mm-hmm. for just for just for for a sense of justice? See, but that feels like World War One, and I just am hesitant to do it. Even just talking retributions for the attacker, I'm just like, I it just feels like it could lead and spiral down into something worse, like overall for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think I don't know why, but I just feel like if you can come in, if they're if they're clearly kind of whooping some ass and you come in and you like dominate enough to just say get the hell back. I mean, if they don't know or understand the strength or will of that aid and don't back off at that point. Mm-hmm. But what's what is to keep them from as soon as you leaving? Mm-hmm. Just coming regrouping. Using that pause to their advantage to then just come back in. What is stopping further attack? Let's, let's, do you have the do you have a, the moral obligation to stop further attack? Here's if you a, have the means to do so. Here's a great analogy that I'm thinking of right now. Okay. And and who cares why we get here? I I was just thinking about Nurk bitch slapping him last <laughs> night. <Okay. laughs> Fair enough. But I'm thinking about like Tyler getting blindsided and getting mm-hmm. angry about it and attacking Nurk. Yeah. With Nurk's back turned. Mm-hmm. So then is Nurk justified then to turn around and bitch slap him? I don't know. What did the police say? Why does it matter what the police say? Because there's rules and mm-hmm. parameters? In that in that particular in that, space, in that particular right. environment, that was against but both, morally, both players' actions. Who's wrong? Because I told you about that guy who tweeted and said that Nurk 
set a dirty screen and that knocked him on the ground right and that's somebody's interpretation of how it begun Mm -hmm. and i think that that in this in the state versus state kind of conversation that we're having sure i'm thinking about like i'm not just like a broad stroke Mm -hmm. sweeping just saying that the attacked is automatically in the right because they were attacked Mm -hmm. i might have a moral twinge that makes me go, whoa, what the fuck? But I, oh, I mean, I feel like there needs, I don't know. And this is just, I'm, I know I'm just playing right in your stupid game, but I feel I'm like not playing a game. <laughs> I know, but I feel like there needs to be a reason mm-hmm. or an excuse that we are aware of that permits that moral choice. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if they say they're going to war for weapons of mass destruction, mm-hmm. that is their. That is their bar. That is what they're excusing their act of war with. Um, So when we're talking about these three states and I am the aid to help state B, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's far too nuanced to just be like, yes, I would do it. I I, I feel like there, there has to be more. Okay. There has to be reason to put it simply. Sure. Okay. (laughs) The um, the author actually disagrees with you. Okay. Walter argues that retrib- retribution is moral. Interesting. Um, if the aggressor state, in certain in certain instances, it is retribution is the, the violation of a state sovereignty for retribution for aggressive action if they are in fact the aggressor is is moral especially especially in the in if there is a belief that it will s- stop future future warfare so pushing into their territory mm-hmm. if it will prevent future war- warfare that's morally that's what set. he that's what he argues okay but that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. if how do we know that about perception that's what i'm saying yeah. how do we know that that is a gamble it is but you can't know and you can't know intentions that's what makes international right. relations so difficult right you can't know intentions right which um gets into all sorts of different paradigms like there's the security dilemma which is um states aren't necessarily naturally aggressive mm-hmm. it's just because of the because well this falls under this is a realist argument right. but because of the nature of anarchy you see a state building up its arms, its intentions is actually its internal intentions is just to make sure that nobody else attacks it mm-hmm. to look to basically build yourself up to where the cost of attacking it would be so high that nobody would attack you. Mm-hmm. But everybody else sees that as okay, well, why does that guy have a bunch of missiles right now? Right. Do I need to have a bunch of missiles? What is he planning on doing with them? So then they start building a bunch of missiles, then you have a this huge arms race and then something uh sparks it and then states go to war. But isn't it interesting that in this, or somebody fights a preventative war, right? Thinking that they they their hands being forced by this other state's weapons accumulation. Mm-hmm. But isn't it interesting that like to understand? Obviously, I mean, it's I think it's obvious, but mm-hmm. I think to understand this complex analogy of state versus state, not even analogies, mm-hmm. it's complex real situations of state versus state. I took it down to an individualistic. Um, analogy of hero versus Nurkic mm-hmm. and you even right there was like hold on why does this person have more like we we, we simplify it down to the individual mm-hmm. but the individual dynamics are far different than 
operating as a whole state or a whole country. Do you get what I'm saying? So this kind of... A lot of times, international relations theorists will assume that a lot of interact the interaction the what we know about human individual human mm-hmm. interactions can be attributed to the same type of this, the the lessons that we know and the the stuff that we know about how humans interact with mm-hmm. each other we take those same lessons and and attribute that to internet to how states interact with each other okay. um to an extent but in warfare yeah. the you're not just when you're talking about interacting we when if you wanted to, if I wanted to go slap you, right, mm-hmm. for some sort of transgression, mm-hmm. at worst, I'm probably just going to elicit some sort of slap back, something right. that's equal retribution. Mm-hmm. But when a state decides to go to war, you're talking about an entire, you're talking about an escalation. That's what I mean. To something yeah. that cannot really exist on the individual level, yeah. other than outside of outside of murder. Right. So anything that is just justif- like you got to talk about what is ju- what justifies war is far different than what just justifies any sort of other tra- any sort of other transgression mm-hmm. at the individual level because mm-hmm. at the state level any sort of sovereignty violation any sort of transgression can escalate to something that is there's no equivalent on the individual yeah. level yeah so warfare brings about it a whole nother a whole different right right whole different um conceptualization of of, of morality so last um so just last yeah thingy uh, intervention, but not to stop a state, another state from invading an, uh, another, but a state government committing genocide of its own people. Does a another state oh. have the obligation to stop genocide of a state's own people? Is that the only reason of intervention? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think so. I think one of his, um, one of Walter's arguments is that violation of a state sovereignty, because the way the international system is set up mm-hmm. is that state sovereignty is paramount. Yeah. It is one of the few laws in which there's actually some sort of codification and norms backing, like in longstanding norms mm-hmm. backing it up, that state sovereignty, what happens in the borders of a state like that is the, the state's right to self-determination. Right. So violating that should only be done in very specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. And the responsibility to protect the people from its their own government mm-hmm. is morally is morally just. Yeah. What Walter argues. Yeah. And I think that's backed up by the U by the UN Charter. Mm-hmm. Article mm-hmm. five of the UN Charter basically says like you have a individuals have a right to protection from their own government for sure to a certain extent yeah and like they like it's 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 weird that this moral language has then become has been given some sort of like legal weight Mm -hmm. because in article five the nate like nato or not nato the un actually defines genocide like tries to quantify it's like 2000 deaths (gasps) in a certain amount of time i forget what the parameters were but once that's been met then genocide is then you can say okay that's genocide and then there's then that uh, that opens the door to the un giving its blessing to intervention in that whereas the united states saying well that's too slow for sure that once the 2000 
threshold has already been met, it's going to shoot past that and keep going, mm -hmm. citing the Rwandan genocide. Mm -hmm. By the time UN peacekeepers even got on the ground, it had already exploded past 2000. So yeah. it, it limits the res this response time. Whereas U.S. adopted kind of this own doctrine called the responsibility to protect or R2P. Mm -hmm. And then it basically doesn't give a quantifiable, it doesn't give a hard number of, or a threshold. It's basically if we see a state acting in a particular way, it's a government against its own people. Mm -hmm. We feel like we have the moral, we have the moral and legal justification to invade that country to stop right. it. But the problem is, is that to what extent can that just give license yeah, to exactly. any state to just start saying, oh, you're a threat to your own people, yep. we're going to invade. Yeah, absolutely. Versus the more rigid but less flexible mm -hmm. UN charter, mm -hmm. which is like 2000 threshold, 2000 like person threshold. Right. So interesting hmm. enough. But it's like, what is like, but I guess that what is. I guess what is moral, right? Anyway, so I know how you can find out. What? Read some books, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Read some books. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, bye. bye.